0: I heard your heart, I see your pain, out in the dark, out in the rain, feel so alone, feel so afraid, I heard you pray.
1: Sometimes it's days, sometimes it's years Some face a lifetime of volunteers. tears But he's in the darkness, he's
0: in the cold Just like the morning, he always shows, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday It's never early
2: Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
0: light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And you are here, touching every heart. I worship you. That you're working
3: have a seat if you'd like to, or you can stand up th- through the whole service, that's an option as well. So welcome church, we're gathered, huh, we gathered to worship the king, thank you for that song, it is a, it's a, it's a wonderful proclamation, yeah, that is who you are, he never stops, never so, time for a few announcements. The first one is to say welcome if you are visiting us for the first time or the third time or the ninth time. If this is a new experience for you, we are delighted you're here and to come back. If you would take a moment and um, te- text welcome guests to 1C guests to 94,000, that just gives us kind of a record that you were in worship today and also an opportunity if there's a need that you have, you can express it there. And as I told the the church in the first service, it doesn't mean that we're going to pursue you with emails and text messages and phone calls or, you know, clandestine visits in the middle of the night. So we won't do any of that stuff. We just want to know that you're here with us. If you have a prayer request, you can text that prayer request to 402-242-5051. We'll gather those. We'll, we'll print them off and uh, here in a little bit in the service, they'll be, in, they'll be rolled up into prayers of the people. Communion elements, if you got those when you came in, and that is still something that is your preferred way of doing communion right now in your seat with the sealed communion elements, that is A-OK. We're also doing communion with people coming forward. And maybe I should say this because I just learned about it. When you come forward, when we do communion, there's there's no ushers to facilitate this process. So when it's time to come forward, you just get out of your seat and you come forward when you are ready. So, let's see, uh, voter meeting, that is happening on July the 11th, and the time will be in between the two services. So, if you come at 9, you know, it'd be great if you'd stay until, you know, the, serv- the uh, meeting at 10, or if you come at 11, if you come early and catch the meeting then. It, it's not going to be very long, it's not going to be real in-depth, there's some updates that we would like to share with you, um, and there's also going to be the election of officers coming up. And finally, sidewalk profits. The the information you need on that is on one of these bulletins, which if you did not get one, they're available outside on the table in a basket. And they'll be with us on July 24th. Tickets are available, and you can get those tickets by going to our website. Or if you see this guy right here, you know, roaming the hallways, looking lost, you can find him and he can help you get some tickets. I think that's it for announcements. With this exception, we have a video because the uh, kids this week in BLAST have been doing some cool stuff. We've captured it on video. We want you to see it.
1: To it? Listen to you your call so you, you can, can play by the rules. We're not here to play games.
0: It's about to get real. I am an overcomer word I
3: My honor to welcome you in the name of Jesus, our Savior, our King, the risen one, who is coming back. So I want to encourage you that if you're here today, this would be my prayer for you: that you would find God ready, willing, and able to be your way maker when the way is hard, to be your promise keeper in the midst of so much that is false. To be your miracle worker when a miracle is precisely what you need in your life, and to be your light when the way is dark. So before we proceed with the service and head towards communion, let's pause for just a moment and take time to confess our sins before God the Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed God indeed does forgive us for all of our sins, day in and day out. No matter the context of our sins, no matter the consequences of our sins, forgiveness is steady. It is rock solid. <clears throat> so as we come to the table, just a, a, a quick word, we um, here at 1C, we believe that what we're about to partake in is indeed the true body and blood of Jesus Christ. And if that is your belief, and if these are things that you can ascribe to in your life, then we invite you to come and be a part of the table today. And, you know, this is something that we do, um, we do it. certainly do it individually, you know, as you come and take the bread and the wine, or if you're in your seat with the little hourglass thing. Um, yeah, it is a time to reflect on, so who am I in, in, in the face of this meal? What does this mean for me? But it also means something for us as the church gathered it is a proclamation to the world that Jesus Christ was here. He suffered and died. He rose again, and he is coming back. And so we do this individually, and we do this as a community. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had broken, it, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way also, after supper, he took the cup and he gave it to them saying, take and drink. This cup is the new covenant of my blood which is shed for you for the remission of all of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you all. If you are here and it is your, you're going to be in your seat to take communion, that is fine. just want this to be an opportunity for you to now take the wafer from the sealed communion and... Um, Just know that as you take that, that is the body of Jesus, which was broken for you. And then as you flip it over and partake of the wine or the juice, hear these words, that this is the blood of Jesus, which was shed for you. Amen. So as I mentioned earlier, as we take communion, you just, we'll be be at our stations up here and you just come forward as you are ready.
1: Mercy draw you.
3: Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith for life everlasting depart in his beautiful peace. Amen. Let us pray.
4: Almighty Father, great is your name. We lift up our prayers from our 1C family. Prayers for the Zeno family loss of Ryan Hughes, a nephew to Deb and Gary, and a cousin to their family. Please be with Ryan, lift him up, and take him into your loving arms, and carry him home. Be with all his family in this time of need. Prayers for continued healing for Pastor Jim. Prayer of Rejoice and Thanksgiving for Tim and Josie, who were married yesterday. Father, we lift up our finances to you. Thank you for the miraculous answer to prayer you are providing our family right now, Lord. Gracious God, you are our way maker, our light in a dark world. We turn to you for strength when we are weak, for healing when we are suffering, and for peace during times of struggles. Your grace covers us in your love through your Son Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen
0: oh, oh mr chris
5: mr chris oh mr chris
2: hey george hey, what's hey, up hey
5: hey, hey. Hi. oh hi hey hi what's up oh mr chris yes i i just i need some help with something really quick okay what do you got well mr chris I need some advice because, well, my friends and I—we are really, really getting into b-ball right now.
2: Oh, b-ball! I love basketball. Your
5: basketball is great. No, what? no, no, b-ball, like the little bugs with the yellow bugs with the black stripes. Okay. B-ball. You see how we go to the park and we see these nets? There's a net over there. And a net over there, and then we think we need something circular with cool shapes. So we knock down Beehive.
2: Sounds and dangerous. And we kick
5: it around. Oh, very dangerous and messy. Lots of swelling.
2: <laughs> George, have you ever heard of a soccer ball?
5: Well, that would work too,
2: wouldn't it? Probably. probably I never little, thought about that. Probably a little better than your, your B-ball.
5: Yeah, yeah, yes, much less swelling, maybe. Well, anyway, Mr. Chris, have you ever, well, have you ever felt maybe a little bit disappointed that you weren't very good at
2: something? Oh, yeah, yeah, millions of times over. I mean, um, let me give you an example. I played played guitar for about 30 years.
5: Yeah, you're very good, Mr. Chris.
2: Thank you, but it's taken a lot of practice. You know, in over 30 years, I'm still learning. But, but the biggest thing is you don't give up. You keep going. You keep trying.
5: So when you started the guitar, it was hard for you then? Very much. Oh. Well, you see, b-ball, we've been playing it for a couple of weeks. And, well, I'm just so clumsy, Mr. Chris. And I'm not so fast. I'm so slow. Uh, George, I want to believe, Mr. Chris, that I will get better. I practice. Oh. But Mr. Chris, I'm not feeling the faith that I can do that. Oh, George. I just don't know what to do. What do
2: you think? George, George, it's all here in the Bible. You just have to what? open your Bible. What? B-ball yes. is
5: in the Bible? No, not B-ball. I'm a genius. Your
2: faith is in there. Oh, faith. Oh, yes, Your faith. faith. Here, let me show you something.
5: Okay, let me so, see.
2: I've been studying the book of Hebrews. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Really.
5: Okay, so, so tell me about that. So, what does that mean?
2: So if we have faith in, in what we don't see, well, let's just put it this way. Yeah. We can't see Jesus, right? No. But we know he's here. Whenever we're gathered like this, he's with us. Yes, he is. And we have faith that one day we'll see him at I the know. end of our life or, or whenever.
5: Yeah, we stick it out, we be true to that faith, we see him. Yes. it might take a long time, but we see him, we stick that faith out right
2: Yes, that's the idea. So, so if you stick it out and have faith, you can improve yourself.
5: So if I have faith and really stick it out with with this people thing, maybe I could get I can't see myself right now being good at people, but one day George may be good at people.
2: maybe. You just have to keep practicing it.
5: Like okay. Faith. And then maybe when I have faith in me getting better at beball, I will think about my faith in Jesus too. That better faith too, huh, yes. Mr. Chris?
2: Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you what, George. Yeah. Why don't we pray? We'll practice our faith right now. Let's pray.
5: That's a great would you guys, idea, would you guys join Chris.
2: me? Yes, All right. let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for George and his ability to work through his faith to keep practicing it. Lord, we also ask that you take our faith and strengthen it in all things that we do for your glory. And Lord, I ask also that the talents that you give us are shared with others as a testament to the faith that we have in you. Lord, we pray all these things in your name and all God's people said,
5: Amen. 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 Whoa. Well, yes. Mr. Chris, you are a lot more than that music guy up here. <laughs> uh,
2: I try to be, George.
5: Oh, you are. You've got lots of talents.
2: I try to be. You know, it's you're not so bad either. You've got, uh, you know, your eye on everything as well.
5: Is that an eye joke?
2: George, you know me. That's how I roll. <laughs>
5: oh, Mr. Chris, I'm going to save up a good one for you, okay? It's going to be a joke about um, tattoos or something. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> we'll see oh, you soon, George. Oh, I got to go buy a soccer ball, Mr. Chris. <laughs> Sounds great, George. Okay, bye, everybody.
6: And, uh, handling him better than I probably could. All right, we're ready for the sermon, but before we do, I'd like to take you on a journey. If I can have a picture uh, up on the screen, if you would. Uh, as ministry has been expanding, uh, we've had a need for some kitchen space so that we can continue to do mission ministry for all sorts of groups. So, through a generous donation, Um, a gift was given. If you know where the multi-purpose room area is, um, there's now a kitchen over there. And we are just so excited about the use of this. So uh, there's that picture, that picture, and we got a chance to use it already last week, maybe even the week before, uh, with our summer blast, our camp for our young people. And I think one of the things that is really important for us to do is to take time to to give thanks to God for this gift, but also to ask his blessing on the use of that to his glory and to further his kingdom. So let's pray. Lord, thank you again. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And it comes in so many different ways. We've experienced many here already in worship. But we want to say thank you for a kitchen. Not just for a kitchen, but for a place where people can be welcomed, where fellowship can take place, where community can be built. And we ask now that your spirit would use that facility, that place, all for your glory and to further your kingdom. So thank you for this gift, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I encourage you, if you ever want to take a look, you can just go back uh, again to the multi-purpose room, take a peek in there, and if you ever uh, have a need for a room like that with a kitchen, just call the church office, and we will kind of walk you through. All right, all summer long, we have been having what's called a blast. So if I can have that up there, B-L-A-S-T. During the day, during the week, Monday through Friday, kids have been taking over our campus, kind of running back and forth. Um, I get to see them often in here in the morning. Um, I, I listen to their opening where the Word of God is being present, where they get to hear about this Jesus who can change a life. Now, if you maybe remember, BLAST stands for something, and I think something very important. It stands for this, building lives around sound truth. Now, We live in a time, and in a place, and in a world where there are people who believe in what's called relativism, and let me just read this uh, definition, relativism, the doctrine or teaching that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, or historical context. And here's the part that is stirring for me. And are not absolute. So, we live in a world today where truth is relative. That's what people believe. Um, Recently, I've heard somebody say, hey, what is your truth? And just think about how that how dangerous that is, if we just pick and choose whatever truth we want. That's why one of the things I love about our our summer camp, it is is Christ-centered. It is centered around the Word of God, the Word that God gave people like you and me. Now remember, when I talk about the Scriptures, I always say this, it is God's infinite gift to teach us a couple really important things. Number one, who He is. Number two, how he loves. And number three, what does he desire from his children? And that is the truth we hang on to. And yet the world says you're a little bit crazy. Rather, pick and choose whatever truth you want. No wonder I believe that our country has kind of moved away from God being in the center And now we filled it in with all sorts of different things. So that's why it's important, not just for kids at a summer camp, but for you and me, no matter what age we are, to have the Word of God, that truth, to be our source and norm for navigating life. So I'm going to hold that up for you. That's what we've been doing at summer camp, but we're going to be doing that here today. Now here's the irony of things. Several months ago, put the sermon uh, themes together, sermon series together, and each different week. And now here's the week when I'm coming back after being gone for a couple weeks because of a heart attack. And what is the theme? If I can have that up there, please. Oh, go back, please. Heart of a champion. A little irony there because during a certain moment, when I was having a heart attack, I didn't have a heart of a champion. I had a heart of somebody that was broken. And um, literally, if you've heard the phrase, life passing before your very eyes, that's what was going on for me. And um, a lot of emotion someday. I'll, I'll tell the story more, but um, it's still very, very raw. Um, but thankful. Thankful for... God's presence, God's people praying, because again, the power of prayer is awesome. I want to take you uh, to Romans chapter 5, because I'm going to say that this is where God understands. God's got a heart for you, for me. He knows what's going on. And in this passage where Paul writes to the church in Rome, he is writing to the church at 1C. He is writing to people like you and me sitting in this room or online somewhere. And he's teaching two very important truths. So let me read the scripture. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now what are the two truths? Number one, while we were still sinners. Now what does it mean to be a sinner? What does it mean to sin? Sin means missing the mark. Sin means God says, do this, and we do that. That's a, probably the most simple explanation of what sin is. Now, sin has its effect. Ever since Adam and Eve, it's been this, we'll call it a black thread that's been woven through human history. Every single person that has taken a breath, with the exception of Jesus, battles and struggles with sin. Sin in this world but also sin in our lives. And I just was confronted with that reality when I was having a heart attack. This body is not perfect. Your bodies are not perfect. We live in brokenness. But the other part of the truth that is spoken of here by Paul to to the Romans, but also to us, is that God demonstrates, and I'd like to change the word a little bit, God demonstrates his heart. God demonstrates his love. And how does he do it? It says here, Christ died for us. So do not minimize what that means. I think too often we can read that and go, wow, that's a really nice thing. But picture the sacrifice that was made by God the Father, willing to give his son, his only son, his son that he loves, to go on a cross to have his heart stop beating as he took upon the sins of the world. There's nothing like it. And the reason he did that is he saw that sin has had its effect on you and me. And we would be lost. And in light of the theme of this, uh, this the summer camp of this mega sports thing, we, we really couldn't finish the race. No matter how hard we try, we were going to fall short. So God did something about it. So what I'd like to do is show you a clip. This goes back about 30 years. I remember seeing it about 25 years. And every time I watch it, I'm moved to tears. Because it's not just the story of Derek Redman, a British runner, a record holder for Britain in the 400-meter but it's my story, it's your story. Let's listen.
7: Tom and Craig Massback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona, coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redman of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redman is out. Derek Redman, the British record holder, and an important member of that British 4x400 meter relay team, as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. Stadium as Redman, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit.
6: champion what he was going through the pain that he was in was going to cause him to not finish the race so something extraordinary something outside of him had to happen so that he could finish the race and and again every time I look at that to see his dad coming up and putting his arm alongside of him and helping him finish the race That's your story, that's my story. And as we sojourn, as we make our way from, um, well, wherever we are today till the day we get to go to heaven, uh, there's many things that happen. You know, I did not expect two Wednesdays ago to be on a gurney. I didn't expect a nurse to be leaning over and saying, you're having a heart attack that was not in my thinking, that was not in my plan. And then I thought two things. I thought, I'm okay, I'm okay. Because I know I know Jesus. But then I also thought, I'm not okay with this. Because there's more I want to say and more that I want to do for Kristen, for my kids, my grandkids, for you. I mean, for this community, for this world. Um, There just was more. And so I had this heavy heart, literally, for what was taking place. To have a heart of a champion can only happen when God does his thing. When he takes you and me, who are broken and fractured and sinful, and he steps into our world, he puts his arms around us and says, let's do this together. That's how it works. And I find in my life, when I experience that beauty to its fullness, there is something that is happening in my life, and it's the word focus. I um, I used to lead these seminars on life coaching and you know, living life and how to do life. And, and one of the things I would talk about is, is looking at the word focus. And when you look at whether it's musicians or athletes or you name it out there, the ones that excel the best and do the best are the ones that have the greatest focus. So I go back to my dad as one example. Um, he was a boxer, incredible boxer. His focus was Unbelievable. The discipline he had for the sport caused him to succeed at a very high level. But then something happened. He met this four-foot-nine-inch woman who just got his heart going in a different direction. So he decided that boxing thing wasn't important, so he started doing something else. Or another story, which is a little painful to tell, but um, I would use the story of Tiger Woods. As a very uh, young man, a kid, he had such focus and determination for this sport called golf. And he kept excelling. And everyone was going to say, he's going to break all the records. He's going to do everything. And then he lost his focus, didn't he? And as a result of that, lots of things unraveled in his world. So I'm going to tell you brothers and sisters in Christ, for us to live on this earth in a way that is God-pleasing, we need, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to have a focus on some very important things. And I think the kids learned it this week. You see, what they did is they took the word heart, and every single day, took an H, an E, an A, an R, and a T and taught some very important truths. So let me walk you through really quickly what they learned this week which are very important for you and me today. The very first one, H stands for hero. There really is only one superhero, and it's Jesus. Think of what he did. Think of all the sin that he took upon himself and he died on the cross. Think about the fact that Scripture tells us that he was part of creation. So when God said, let there be, and it happened, it was awesome. God's activity and power and might and creativity was evidenced in creation. So we look to him and we focus on him as our and the hero. Secondly, endurance. Scripture tells us, right, Jesus endured everything, even the cross, scorning its shame and sitting down at the right hand of God. While the rest of the world, well, I'll just say me, when the going gets tough, sometimes Jim Thielen doesn't get going. I might go the other way. But not this Jesus. Even when he had every right And power to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go on a cross. I don't want to stay on the cross. He did. He stayed on the cross. And he endured all of that so that you and I can have forgiveness and life and salvation. A stands for uh, alert. I just love the fact that God is so alert to what's going on in your world in my world. It was amazing that God reminded me that when I was on the gurney and everything was going kind of crazy and sideways, God was alert to what was going on. I hope you had that same kind of faith because I'm sure there are times in your life, as in mine, that it just seems to be kind of strange, painful, and yet God is so locked in on you, on me, with an everlasting heart. R stands for ready. Jesus is ready at any time, at any place, to be helping you and me. That's just his very nature. We're told, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, what a beautiful concept. And then on the other side of things, he gives us the Holy Spirit so we could be ready for moments like a heart attack or whatever your world is. We could be ready because of who God is. And then the last one, triumphant. It's not just a matter of surviving on this earth. If that's all it is, please come talk to me. If that's how you're living life, is just to survive from day to day, there is more to life than that. And it's the victorious life that is found only in Jesus. It's found in him and through him and because of him triumphant. So that's heart, and that's what we focused on. So now I'm going to give you maybe three habits, maybe attitudes, that will help you focus better as you go through this thing called life. Uh, The first one comes actually from Daniel chapter 9. Remember I always tell you when you look at scripture, you can just pull a verse out and be blessed by it, but look at the context of it. What's before? What's after? What's going on in the in the world when this verse is being written? Read chapter nine of Daniel. My guess you haven't read it recently. I hadn't until in preparing for the sermon. Beautiful, beautiful prayer of Daniel. But remember the context. The children of Israel were taken away. They were in, in Babylon. They were prisoners. And here's what's on the heart of Daniel. He could be focusing on all the trouble and the trial, but he says, Oh Lord, you're a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and keep your commands. So I think a habit that really would serve you well and would serve me well, and maybe we need to remind each other of this, is to make this focus. Tell God how great he is. I'll I'll just say, in my life, there is nothing more powerful than instead of focusing on the trial and the trouble, to focus on the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one powerful enough to make, well, everything, and yet personal enough to know Jim Thielen and you. So maybe begin your day before you start getting on with the day. Take a moment, step back, and say, okay, God. These are things I'm really thankful for. These are things that I adore you for. The way you provide, the way you care for, the way you love. Start your day with that and watch how it'll help you focus on what it truly is eternal. All right, secondly, from Philippians chapter four, do not worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Pretty amazing about how God is. Uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this. When we focus on negative things, it often leads to worry. But when we focus on the God of the universe who is always faithful to his word and promise, it leads to worship. So when, not if, so when worry starts knocking at the door and says you have every right to worry because of your life circumstance, say, wait a minute, my life circumstance pales in comparison to the faithfulness and to the power and to the love of God. And watch how that transforms your life. That's why we could, in our focus, we could talk to God about what you need. Be specific, be honest And talk to him with a sense of urgency and dependence. And as I told you before, I really think what's missing in the Christian church, and I'm going to say it's missing in Jim Thielen, is a total reliance on God. Too many times when I have trouble, I Google. Google's okay, right? But we should not be depending our life and its circumstances on Google. But rather, we could put our circumstance and our needs in the hands of a God who is almighty, all-loving, and all-kind. All right, thirdly, Philippians 3 again. I am still not all I should be. Isn't that the truth, right? But I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. So here's Paul in prison. He is saying, well, all this stuff is going on here, but I'm going to keep running the race. I am not going to stop. And the reason I can run the race is because of Christ Jesus, because of who he is and what he did and what he continues to do for people like you and me. That's why our focus is to trust God and then take the next step. I am in uncharted waters for me. Okay? I don't know how I should feel after having a heart attack. I don't know what I should be doing. But I do know one thing. My next step that I, I take, God says, I'm going to be with you with that next step. And maybe you're sitting here today and your uncharted water has to do with a relationship. Maybe your uncharted water has to do with your own health issue. Maybe your uncharted water has to do with finances. Maybe your uncharted water has to do with, I don't know what. But when God says, I'm going to be with you always, we hold on to that truth. And then we take that next step and we don't do it With any uncertainty, we do it with faith and trust, knowing that God, who has begun a good thing, will complete it because he is faithful. Amen? 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 Amen. Okay. May your, may my amen be evident as we go out into this world. And may our lives reflect God's grace and mercy and love with all that we do. To the glory of God. Amen. All right, I'd like you to stand. We're going to profess our faith. And again, I love the Apostles' Creed. I love these statements of faith. Because we're going to proclaim together who we believe in. About God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and His activity in your life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
0: But I was too far